Hello and welcome back to OT Talk with Mr. T, the show where we talk how to live occupation with using fine motor and functional life skills. The emphasis on these past two weeks, last week and this week, is functional life skills, using mental health skills to try to make us get through this crazy corona madness. We're talking this series now, Mental Health Help During Crazy Times, During Difficult Times. Today we're going to talk a little bit more about being in the moment, mindfulness, and compassion with the help of psychology today, and if we have time, with the help of Child Mind Institute. Let's start with psychology today with the help of Beverly Engel, who is a licensed mental health clinician, I believe. And here we're talking about how to use some mindfulness and compassion. Again, we're dealing with a lot of stress, a lot of fear with the coronavirus. It causes us to panic. It causes us to obsess and to go into negative habits like overeating or eating unhealthy or having the cataclysmic viewpoint, having the end of days viewpoint. But really, we could try to regain a sense of calm. Using mindfulness and compassion is a way to do this. Usually, we, we cope with stress and fear with tools that might not always work but if we use mindfulness and self-compassion it's a way for us to put trauma in the past and to help many people who have different types of triggers in their life also especially with the current craziness we want to be able to try to keep ourselves grounded and keep ourselves in the moment mindfulness gives us the ability to keep ourselves grounded it gives us the ability to accept painful thoughts and feelings in a balanced way it's a healthy way to deal with stress and fear surrounding the corona pandemic and it's a way to turn ourselves our anxiety so we don't come overwhelmed by it it really involves being in the present it's the present moment it's said it's been said the present moment is all we really have live in the present don't live in the past don't live in the future you could dream and think about the future but you have to live in the present otherwise the present will pass you by and become the past the past has already occurred and the future is yet to be yet to be we could be so lost in fears about tomorrow that we miss the present. We got to be right here, right now. So we got to pay attention to the present moment and learn how to do so without evaluation or judgment. Use our conscious awareness, direct our attention to observe and only observe. Observe what is going on in our field of awareness just as it is right here, right now. Acceptance is another aspect of mindfulness. Instead of trying to ignore or get rid of emotional pain, we, when we respond to our pain with acceptance, change can happen naturally. Acceptance is not the same as resignation or feeling powerless or hopeless. It's not the same as sugarcoating reality. Acceptance in this context means making a conscious choice to experience our sensations, feelings, and thoughts just as they are. When we practice acceptance like that, we give up on trying to to control or manipulate our experience and just open the door to change. So beginning exercises in mindfulness is similar to what we've talked about in the past two weeks. There's no way to do it wrong, so don't worry about it, but it should take really five minutes in a quiet space, no distractions, take away yourself on the TV, the radio, the news for sure. Sit comfortably, close your eyes, take a few deep breaths and begin to notice what it feels like to be in your own body. Just be aware and be with the physical sensations in your body as they come and go. You need not to pay attention to any particular sensation, but if you do notice a feeling or sensation, just feel it and let it go. Perhaps you feel a warmth in your hand or tightness in the shoulders. If it's a pleasant sensation, feel it and let it go. If it's unpleasant, also feel it and let it go. Just notice whatever feelings or sensations arise. Take your time. After about five minutes, open your eyes gently. You may or may not notice you're more in the present and more connected to your body. The point of this beginning practice is to help you become familiar with the practice of mindfulness. 
Self-compassion also is important, especially in our current difficult times. While compassion is the ability to feel and connect with the suffering of another human being, self-compassion is the ability to feel and connect with one's own suffering. More specific to our for our purposes, self-compassion is the act of extending compassion to oneself in instances of perceived inadequacy, failure, or general suffering. If we are to be self-compassionate, we need to offer ourselves recognition, validation, support that we would give a loved one or a dear friend who's suffering. A professor of psychology at the University of Texas at Austin, Kristen Neff, is a leading researcher in this field. And in her book, Self-Compassion, she defines this as being open to and moved by one's own suffering, experiencing feelings of caring and kindness toward oneself, taking an understanding, non-judgmental attitude toward one's inadequacies and failures and recognizing that one's experience is part of the common human experience. So here it encourages you to begin to treat yourself and talk to yourself with the same kindness, caring, and compassion you would show a good friend or a beloved child. Connecting with the suffering of others has been shown to comfort and even help others of their ailments or problems. Connecting with your own suffering will do the same. So putting mindfulness and self-compassion into practice can really help you alleviate stress and fear. And it can be done for current anxiety, fear, and stress reactions. So draw the line, first of all, between preparedness and panic. In the moment, when we are stressed or anxious, our brains really go offline. The thinking brains go offline. We go into survival mode. People say they're just trying to survive every day. I say that all the time also. But intellectual information doesn't stick because we're busy running away from the danger. Fight or flight. We want to do rest and digest, not fight or flight. We want to do the parasympathetic, not the sympathetic nervous system. We want to be calm. Only when our brains perceive safety does our thinking part of the brain, prefrontal cortex, come back online. That's where we rationally plan for the future. For example, when we're home, calmly writing a grocery list, our prefrontal cortex helps us to make a reasonable list. But when we go to the grocery store and see everyone running around in a panic state, what do you think happens? We suddenly join in. The scientific term for this is social contagion, which is basically the spread of emotion from person to person. So what do we do about it? Notice when we are panicking, it's a good first step. If you notice it, that's good. Similar to taking your foot off the gas when your car is going out of control, mindfulness helps us ground ourselves in the present moment helping our minds stop racing off into the future with worry or catastrophic thinking. That's a big problem in society, especially when pandemic hit. When it did hit and when it's still hitting us now, catastrophic thinking, end of days thinking, we go way overload, we go way to the the end of the universe, the end of days kind of thinking, that's not good. Grounding is a powerful yet simple strategy to help you manage and detach from fear, anxiety, and pain. The goal is to shift attention away from negative feelings toward the external world. Grounding is particularly powerful because it can be applied to any situation when you are caught in emotional pain, like triggered, and can be done anytime, anywhere, by anyone, without anyone noticing. It's not a relaxation technique, it's more an effective tool for trauma, but... It's actually a way to dissociate and focus on breathing and even the word relax that can remind people of triggers. So most people report that they feel more present after practicing grounding. In fact, many are surprised that they are out of their body dissociated more often than they realize. Practicing grounding whenever you're extremely anxious, when you're having flashbacks or traumatic memories, or whenever you're feeling dissociated, stressed, or anxious is a good idea. So a basic grounding act exercise is to find a quiet place where you will not be disturbed or distracted. Sit up in a chair or on the couch, put your feet flat on the ground. If shoes have heels, you need to take the shoes off so they can have feet flat on the ground. With your eyes open, take a few deep breaths. Turn your attention once again to feeling the ground under your feet. Continue your breathing, feeling your feet flat on the ground throughout the exercise. 
As you continue breathing, clear your eyes. Take a look around the room. As you scan the room, notice the colors, shapes, and textures of the objects in the room. If you like, scan your eyes around the room, moving your neck so you can see a wider view. Bring your focus back to the feeling of the ground under your feet as you continue to breathe and to notice the different colors, textures, and shapes of the objects in the room. It can really give you different purposes doing this. It'll bring your awareness back to your body, which in turn can stop you from panicking, being triggered, or from dissociating. It'll bring you back to the present, to the here and now. Again, a good thing if you're panicking or if you've been triggered and have been catapulted back into the past by a memory or a trigger. Sometimes it could even be something as simple as a sound or a smell or a sight. Deliberately focusing your attention outside yourself by being visually involved in the world breaks the panic spiral allows those feelings and thoughts to subside. Learn how to stop your fears, many of which are quite real. Feel quite real from snowballing. I'm going to lose my job. My grandmother's not going to make it. This this whole society's not going to make it. Everything's going to crumble. Mindfulness practices such as the mindfulness exercise offered a before that we talked about can help you stop your fears from snowballing to build good mental immunity to stress anxiety and panic learn to anchor yourself when you begin to obsess or panic it's easy to focus if you're simply noticing what comes and goes problems arise however when you unconsciously resist discomfort judge your discomfort or to allow your mind to begin obsessing or fantasizing when this happens you will discover that a simple exercise such as sitting still for a few minutes and allowing your thoughts to come and go can become uncomfortable or even unbearable it's so hard to allow ourselves to observe and just be without the automatic mental functions of labeling and judging taking over the mind needs an anchor the most common anchor used is the breath paying attention to your breath is an excellent way to gather your attention bring yourself in the present moment so you want to be able to stay in the moment and stay in the present to soothe yourself also when you start to panic or obsess or feel triggered try gently stroking your arm face or hair gently rocking your body and giving yourself a warm hug notice how your body feels after receiving each of these techniques does it feel calmer more relaxed and does it help don't allow your self-critical mind to take try to talk you out of it it really could work and also stop judging yourself for feeling anxious and fearful or for behaving in a way that seems unproductive or healthy we need to take a fresh look at emotions like fear and pain and see what's happening inside of us emotions become destructive when we cling to them or push them away emotions seem to get stronger the more we fight them the healthy way to deal is to hold them in an open aware self-compassionate way change your relationship with your feelings instead of saying you could tell you're saying excuse me Telling yourself things like, I hate feeling like this, or I shouldn't be like this, or I'm wrong to have this feeling is not the way. Instead of becoming self-critical, become obsessive or fall back on things, you could work on saying, it's understandable I would feel afraid right now. It's understandable I would go back to old habits when I'm stressed. Remind yourself it's understandable, given the present situation, to have all these feelings and not to make yourself feel bad. So self-compassion and mindfulness can work in tandem to help you learn to lean into your fear and anxiety and establish a new relationship with it. We want to be able to make sure that we feel good with these things. We want to realize that mindfulness can bring self-compassion. Combining with it can help us deal with fear, anxiety, and pain in safe doses instead of avoiding them or swallowing those feelings. We want to make sure that we can... Instead of replacing negative with positive, new positive emotions are generated by embracing the negative ones, as pointed out by this Kristen Neff. And the positive emotions of care and connectedness are felt alongside our painful feelings. When we have compassion for ourselves, sunshine and shadow are experienced simultaneously. Again, this was just a look at mindfulness. We might continue tomorrow with a little bit of mindfulness here on OT Talk with Mr. T. And I'm your host, Mr. T.